0: now we're on does that help i think a little bit hello you are with father larry richards on anchored in hope it is august the 25th 2022 correct yes and so this is anchored in hope and so it's a podcast where you just uh have any kind of questions you can email them to the reason for our hope and uh Just put podcast question on there, or you can, if you're watching this live, just go to the live chat and type in a a, a comment, and then we will get to you any of the questions that we have. Again, uh, thank you for being here. I just got done um, doing my uh, cutting my grass. Because, again, everybody, well, I wasn't here last week because I was in London. London London was fantastic. We had a fine time. Um, I mean, everything was just, it was easy where we were staying. We were in Earl, um, Earl Court, and uh, we got to go everywhere. And I picked up a, a, a Harley Davidson T-shirt for my brother because he always, uh, that's what I do for him every year. I give him at Christmas a bunch of, uh, boxes from all the places I've been and uh, so it was by far the most expensive Harley uh, t-shirt I bought it was 44 pounds which came to 53 (laughs) dollars but it uh, it's the oldest in Europe and so he got that and then of course as everybody knows by now that night uh, as I was finishing packing getting ready to go to bed my nephew calls me and in my family for the last uh, two months my brother-in-law has been dying of uh kidney failure. He had had, uh, he had had two kidney transplants and the second transplant was, um, wasn't doing good. And so he was put in hospice uh, the day I left for London. And, uh, and he was in Pittsburgh and I left Erie. And so I was praying for him and all this stuff. And then I get a call from his son uh, when uh, Monday night before I was leaving, and I thought, you know, that John had passed and uh, the very same bed as my mother passed in at the hospice. Um, is where but it wasn't it was my nephew and he sat there and says uh, no daddy isn't the problem we found mommy dead and it was just a complete a complete shock because um, my sister just turned 60 in February and uh, February 18th and you know she was taking care of my stepfather Buck she was taking care of her ex-husband as much as she could um, and so, um, they went and they, um, they kept calling her. She had texted me the, the day before about 1130 telling me that her ex-husband was, um, in hospice. And I said, yes, my other niece had kept me posted. She goes, okay, I just wanted to know. And I said, I'm in London. I and She says, I know. I'll see you when you come in. I said, okay. And so that was 1130. Anyway, she went and took a shower, um, got sick, tried to clean herself up, and um, passed, uh, well, died in, uh, um, she fell into the shower and she pa- uh, She died. And uh, they had a call, they couldn't get in, so they had to call the police, they did a welfare check, and that's where they found her passed away. So it was horrible, horrible, horrible news, uh, especially for my, my nieces and my nephew, They because uh, their father died the next day. So they've had to do, Uh, deal with um, the passing of both of their parents within 24 hours. And the one was expected and the other one, my sister, was very, very unexpected. So um, I've been, thank you very much for all the prayers that you have been saying and everything. I was, when I was talking to my classmate, I was with my classmate in London and I thought, finally i'm getting over my mother i was feeling this heaviness lift and then it came down hard when my sister passed and i oh my so i says okay god this has been a year and a half uh well it's only been a year last october of course right before i went to rome my dog died which again for some people it's not a big deal but for me it was a very big deal and then uh, my mother got sick around uh, before christmas and then she died march 2nd and then uh, a month ago my other dog died i had for 12 and a half years and i said okay it's enough death and so uh, god didn't pay any attention to me of course and so uh, then he takes my um, takes my sister home now again in the midst of all this we know that god has a plan and ultimately all things is that god's will be done and um, so please just pray for my family and that pray for my sister's soul and my brother-in-law my brother-in-law john's soul um i don't often people sit there and say well father you know don't give me um any advice is what i'm trying to say because people try to give it father let me give you advice i can handle this uh, by the grace of almighty god um because sometimes people's advice are it's almost uh, on the point of being cruel. So uh, just say, please, uh, for those who are praying, keep praying. We're going to have a, uh, I'm going to bury my sister on Saturday at a wonderful church down there. We're going to have, it's just going to be primarily family. Um, and she'll be, uh, my sister will be laid at the same funeral home I, uh, we laid at my mother at. a uh, Very great uh, uh, funeral director there, Joe's fantastic man. And so um, then my brother-in-law, because I have nothing to do with his sister that's really doing it, he's just gonna have a service the next day at uh, a funeral home and he's gonna be cremated and there's gonna be no mass, though he was a Catholic. Um, So I've already said mass for him, um, but still. um, Yeah, so it's a hard time in our family. So everybody goes through this. Um, So again, your prayers would be appreciated. Now on the good side of everything, I have a puppy, and it's the greatest thing ever in the midst of all this death to have a a puppy to come home to, and he's already grown when I was gone this week. He grew a lot, and so it's been fantastic. He gives me some hope in the midst of all this stuff, so I wanted to get all that out ahead of time so I don't have to deal with it for the rest of the hour. We can just talk about your questions and everything now, if that's okay, and then we'll move on. Um, So let's begin. Hi, Harry. Good to have you. Thank you for condolences. I enjoyed London very, very much. We were in uh, at least one pub a day, if not um, three pubs a day. It depended on the day, you know, but we had... There's one of the, my, my favorite pubs, I think, ever in the world is uh, Blackfriars. Uh, it, uh, on the, on the, there's pubs everywhere, of course, in London, and this one's on the corner of Blackfriars. As soon as you get off the Blackfriars... Um, underground and there's it's corn it's this corner building and and um, there's a big black friar in the front of it they have all these you know statues and that all over but when you go in it is fantastic they have all these reliefs of monks and everything it's very very beautiful um and then all the other places we got it was uh um, you know i don't think i only the first day i had beer every other day i was drinking cider because cider is a big thing there, and then different gins, and the gins eh, taste like gin to me, you know, <laughs> so I had different gins, um, that I didn't get drunk or anything, that I don't worry about it, we had a fine time, we got to have mass in Westminster Cathedral, can celebrate their big mass there, um, did my holy hour every day at the place we were staying, I got to uh, go to the, had mass at the place of the martyrs, where all the martyrs, Catholic martyrs were killed in England by all the Protestant kings and that. And again, England is, their history is just bloody. It's bloody with Catholic deaths and Protestant deaths, how we killed each other. It's just horrendous, you know. uh, Henry VIII was just a madman. I mean, there's just no other way around. It had six wives, killed two or three of them, killed all the people who didn't agree with him, and then made himself the head of the church, you know. It's just like... Really, it's like Satan himself. (laughs) It's just like really. I think I'll take this over, but it was uh, it was quite interesting. But Mary Queen of Scots, the Catholic one, she killed a lot of people. A sixteen year old girl who was only queen for like uh, twelve days. Um, I can see why people don't uh, believe in God and the church when it comes to certain things, and we're killing each other in God's name. It was just horrible. I mean it's uh so that kind of stuff I didn't like at all but by far the greatest place if you go to London I encourage you to go one day is the gallery the National Gallery it's fantastic even I got to get to the, the picture I bought the picture there that if you ever see I have my prayer cd the picture of Mary on the front of the prayer cd or dvd the original is there at the National Gallery and so uh I got a print of that. The the National Gallery was worth the whole trip. There's so much religious art and beautiful art and Rembrandts and Michelangelo's and Picasso's. Everything's there. It's fantastic. So um, some people, they're not big art lovers, but uh, especially religious art, I love it. So it was fantastic. So there you go. So I enjoyed it very much. Deepest sympathy, thank you. How's Joe? Joe is fantastic. He bit me this morning, not on purpose. He bit me because he was playing with a toy, and I was holding it. And he, when he went to bite the toy, he bit me. And he's these little razor sharp needles. It just uh, didn't draw blood, but it oh, it hurt, you know. So uh, it was good. I think he's uh, he, he's the whole week he went. He came into the office every day, but Diane Kilmeyer, my uh, director of ministry, she got um, Joe's sister sadie and so she took him home every night and so uh uh, he enjoyed playing and they had a fine time and tomorrow when i go to pittsburgh she's going to take him again so they'll both get to have some fun with each other both of those uh the brother and sister and so um and then i'll come right up after the funeral back on saturday so it's all crazy okay he's doing well Thank you. Good afternoon, Benny. Thank you for condolences, Chris. Thank you for all your condolences and your prayers. Well, Father, if you want my advice, uh-huh. If you can afford a drink in the pubs in London, you are being paid too much that I didn't find London to be as expensive as, um, as people are saying. Even like the four things, like you could get a full, like the the main course meals in some of these, you know, four. Um, like if you come to the States and you eat at one of those places that have the four um, money markers there, you know, it's very expensive. You're going to pay $200 for a meal for a main course there. When you had those four, uh, mon- you know, the money signs, you could get uh, the main course for like $30 or 30 pounds, which to me is way better. I mean, in all the pubs, um, you would pay like 10 pounds for a big burger, but you do the same thing here in the States. comes to be about $14. Sometimes you'll pay $20 for a burger in the States. And we did um, mostly that. You know, I had, I hate fish, but I had fish and chips one day and then, um, you know, it was um, literally, I only paid for the five days because I put everything in, in London, the biggest thing is the, um, you know, everybody uses, instead of like credit cards or cash, a lot of places wouldn't take cash that I used my uh, Apple uh, watch. And it just took two seconds. Boom, 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 boom. It was the greatest thing ever. So I kept uh, contact about how much money I spent on food. And in the six days, I spent about $300 in food. And that's at all the pubs, all the places we ate, breakfast, whatever. And so that was, I think, pretty good for six days. Um, So... uh, yeah, and I saved up for my vacation, so I didn't mind doing that. I wasn't going to sit there, and especially how, you know, as soon as you get off the plane, you go right into the subway, and we paid three pounds, 20 cents on the way in and on the way back because it was early. We got, we got on the subway at one o'clock. I mean, at six o'clock in the morning, takes us right to Terminal 3. It was one pound 80. So like $2, I mean, it was unbelievable. So, and right now, it's, it was fantastic. When we left, it was $1.17 to the one pound. When my classmate was there last, it was a $1.60 to one pound. So it was way lower. So again, I didn't find it uh, as, ex- uh, as ex- expensive as everybody else. You know, and and we were sitting there, so it wasn't that, uh, whatchamacot? Henry VIII was given a title, Defender of the Faith. I know well, Harry. (laughs) Oh, we talked about it many times. That worked out very well, exactly. He was going against the Protestants, so he uh, went against them and talked about how you have to be faithful. I mean, again, the whole thing was a mess. There's just no other way around it. and, I, and no way picking on the Anglicans. They have beautiful liturgy. We were there for, uh, at the Westminster Cathedral, which, of course, was our cathedral before they took it. <clears throat> but anyway, so they, um, uh, we were there for evening prayer and different things. So has nothing to do with them, but the same with me, Henry. Oh, my goodness. But we've had problems, too, of course. I'm just joining. I'm sorry, Father. Thank you for the prayers and happy news. Genevieve and Jude started school yesterday, and that was their first day Sunday, first day of school. I cannot believe that they've already started school. That drives me crazy. A lot of the leaves are down in uh, London. I was surprised. Anyway, Father, how do you feel about the situation in Nicaragua with the church? Why is socialism so popular amongst the youth? If the countries that have the ones who suffer are its citizens, I know. I mean... Think about why was Hitler so popular in Germany? You know why was all that stuff? They look for somebody that's going to uh, make everything great again, and there is no great everything great again on this earth. That's why we have heaven, you know. And so, but you can see how it can be popular because they're um, they they promise people freedom. They promise people that everybody will be equal. And of course, it's never worked out that way. There's still people that the poor stay poor and the people that are top stay at top. They keep the money for themselves and everything else. It's just the way things are. Again, what would heaven be? That's why my sister now, my mother, are in a much better place than here. And so it's, uh, as long as we look at where they're at now, then we can rejoice, you know, and... um, we just have to worry about uh, the ones that are left behind, like my nieces and nephews. So let's go here and take a thing from the emails. This is from Don. Hello, Father Larry. Hello, Don. My girlfriend recently lost her grandfather at a high school and a high school friend in a relatively short period of time. She believes in Christ but struggles with this overwhelming fear of death. What do you say to those who are unsure and unafraid? How can I make someone understand the message in a five-minute conversation? The best thing to know about all that stuff is she needs to know Jesus. Because if you know Jesus, there's still sadness. Again, I always go back to uh, when Jesus was confronted with the death of Lazarus, who he was going to bring to life in five minutes. He wept. Why? Because see how much he loved him. So Jesus didn't dismiss the feelings that come with death. Jesus didn't dismiss uh, his own feelings when he confronted with someone who he's loved has died, even though he knew that he was gonna be back to life in five minutes. There's still that sadness there. So what we gotta do in our own life is just come, like when I was, uh, when I was told about my sister, I had the blessed sacrament, room for the holy hour I was gonna do, and so I, I kept the pics. And so that whole night, as I was awake and I had mass for her and different things, there was just such a sense that I'm not alone during this, that my sister wasn't alone when she died, that Jesus is truly with us. And so for your girlfriend, she can hear about all these things, but until she gets to truly know Jesus herself, there'll always be doubt and there will always be fear, and I think fear is allowed in the, be- or, uh, it's okay in the beginning because it pushes us to find out what's true instead of just listening to everybody else. You know, one of the things in London, London is, I'll bet you when we're on, there there has to be at least 50% of London now has become Muslim, and um and so sometimes people go, oh, isn't that a shame? Well, to them, it's not, you know, you, you do realize we all think we're right and they think it's a shame that we follow Christ and other people think it's a shame that they're Muslim and other people think, you know, because we're all right and everybody else is wrong and we all think this way. That's why I don't get it when people sit there and they just, I, I, I don't know. Everybody sits there and knows they're right. That's a whole other thing, not thinks they're right, knows they're right. But when you come to know the person of Jesus, that Jesus is alive, and you enter into intimacy with him, that's when your fears dissipate. And that's why it's so important for us to really, we gotta always go deeper. We can't just know about Jesus. We can't just know the catechism. We just can't know the Bible. Just know your catechism. Know your Bible. It's not enough. You gotta know Jesus. Because Jesus isn't just a printed word in the catechism where you learn about the truth of the faith, that he, isn't just, is, he just isn't in the, the, uh, the word of God. He is the word of God, but he transcends it all because he's alive, he is God, and we can get into this intimacy with him now, and only Jesus and being in relationship with Jesus will get us through all this stuff. We still need each other. Again, I go to Jesus. That's why we always have to go back to the example of Jesus. When Jesus was going to die, He was afraid, why? Because he knew the suffering that he'd go through. He knew that he who knew no sin would become sin. And so what did he need? He needed his father and he needed his friends. And both seemed very far away from him and in his humanity, he felt very alone, huh? That he keeps waking up his friends three times. Can you not watch with me? He cried out to his father three times Let this cup pass me by. But not my will, your be, will be done. So it's important we know that we don't just tiptoe through the tulips and get all happy when things bad happen to us. There is a struggle, but the struggle becomes less when we know the person. That when you know you close your eyes for the last time, when you open them again, you will see Jesus not because you just heard about it, not because someone just told you about it, not because people just preached about it. Please don't believe in Jesus because of Father Larry Richards. Believe in Jesus because you have an encounter. Don't believe in Jesus because of all a saint or this, that one, or that one, or this bishop or this priest. Oh, I love that priest, he's so great, nice. But if you're going to anyone besides Jesus, there's a problem. That's why, again, when people sit there and say, oh, Father, you brought me to Jesus, I didn't. Jesus brought you to him, and he used the jackass to do it me. But the whole thing is we all point to Jesus, and we point to him so you do the same, so that you get to know him in a more powerful way. So that was more in five minutes, I get it, but just lead her into intimacy with Jesus, and that will help her anyway, Don, I hope, Uh, and we'll pray for her. Okay, let's go here. Okay, no, that's for cat, hi, cat, Father Larry. I'm sorry. Please, no. I know you're very good. Thank you, Audrey. I wanted to make a little Joe White collar now. I heard you got him one. I do have one. He's very uh, cute in the white collar. Uh, he's 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 a cute dog. Yes, and he's already housebroken. It's been unbelievable. Just before I left, but since I've been back, he now walks to the door. Um, so I'm oh it's unbelievable. Okay. What is the best way to go about reading scripture, sunshine? The best way is to start with the gospel, or even easier way is to start with the letters, because in the New Testament, if you're start just starting out, do not read the Bible from cover to cover. You'll die in Leviticus. You just will. And then it becomes head knowledge instead of an encounter. But you can read um, the letters from Paul, because it's just letters to a community that are inspired by God. Uh, or again, people always ask me, where, what's your favorite Where do you start? I always say John's gospel, because it's the high gospel, and John 15 is a great place. But you can do any of the gospels, and just, but before you read, pray to the Holy Spirit, and let the Holy Spirit... Uh, they didn't go, uh, they didn't, um, sorry, my brother just texted me, so (laughs) it's always in the midst of all these things. Anyway, yes, so that would be just, Read the gospel. John chapter 15 is where I always start with people. Uh, But any of the gospels are fantastic because, again, it's an encounter with the living God. And so make sure you pray to the Holy Spirit. You just don't read it because an atheist can read the Bible and nothing happens. But if you pray by the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, great things happen. Okay. Oh, good. I've got to... When I got to say Mass, or no, I was celebrating Mass in the cathedral, the Westminster Cathedral, it's a beautiful cathedral. And then, uh, you know, I'm going out. Uh, priests were fantastic there, and uh, even though the, the they wore fiddlebacks, I have only wore a fiddleback in 33 years, once, and that was on um, All Souls because we we didn't have a black vestment, so they had a fiddleback there, so I used the fiddleback. So they wear fiddlebacks every week, and it was like, oh my gosh, it was so every day they wear them there, which. And fiddlebacks, if you don't know, they're the old uh, things. It's a fiddleback. It looks like a fiddle. It gets on the front and on the back. There's nothing on the sides here. And to me, it looks weird. Uh, the young priests are all for this. Uh, in, um, we went to the oratory there, and they didn't even have a uh, main altar. They just had the back altar, and they have the new mass, but said in with the back to the people. And so it was just like, uh, Wow. You know, so it was the, that was kind of different, but the priests were fantastic. Anyway, at the end of the Mass, I go out and this guy comes up to me, this young guy, and he says, I know it was you, Father Larry. I, could, I never thought I'd ever have a chance to meet you. And I said, well, I'm sorry. you get. Are you so disappointed now that you actually meet me? Uh, so then he uh, uh, I, I, there was a girl, there was friends, so he called her over. So it was great to meet uh, people, other ones that seen me in EWTN. And so it was just... Uh, it was, it was funny. It was a great time to be there. So I, again, I really enjoyed. it. I hope to go back. I still have like uh, uh, 120 pounds. So when I go back next time. Okay. Gretchen, two weeks ago you said I would never tell anyone they can't receive communion. I also told another girl she couldn't receive. She's not Catholic. Two weeks ago you said I had... Uh, I would never tell anyone they can't receive communion. I also told another girl she couldn't receive. She's not Catholic. She said, I'm a good person and I'm not going to hell, so if I don't tell her, then who should? Again, it's the priest's job. You know, remember, I I always come down to this. When Jesus was walking with Peter after the resurrection, Peter looks over at St. John and says, what about him? And Jesus says, what if I want him to live until I come back? But then he says, your job is to follow me. That what, Peter's, what Jesus said to Peter, the first pope, is mind your own business. Huh? Now again, people that are listening to this, they'll take this down and say, see Father Larry said this, do what you want. You know, just go ahead and do what you want. Uh, it's not me to tell you, but I would sit there and worry about your own soul. I would worry about where you're at before God. I would worry about, um, like when people say something to me and I say, may God judge you the way you judge them. And then they get all pedoed at me and they're like, I can't believe you said that. Well, again, I didn't say it. Jesus said it. The measure with which we measure will be measured back to us. And so again, if there's someone in your life that you have not forgiven, you're forbidden to go to communion just as much as anybody else, just as much as someone who's uh, pro-choice or has had an abortion or uh, any kind of sin because God says, if you bring your gift to the altar and there find out someone has something against you, leave the gift and then go be reconciled first. That's why we give a sign of peace. So again, I, I, I every single Sunday, if you watch any of my masses, I'll say, Everyone is welcome to come forward. But to receive communion, you need to to be Catholic and in a state of grace. If you're not Catholic and not in a state of grace, you're still welcome to come forth and get a blessing. Okay, so I say that every week because that's the priest's job is to tell people, the reality of who can and who cannot receive communion. But I've never refused anyone communion because I've already told them because now it's on them. Jesus Christ will be the one that judges them, just like he'll be the one who judges you. So sometimes when we go around just telling people who can and who cannot go to communion, then we're like the arbitrator there. And instead of worshiping Christ, we're spending time on focusing on other people. And we shouldn't be focusing on anybody during Mass except for Jesus, huh? Now, at the same time, we gotta be focusing on other people in love and prayer and different things. And if they ask you, can I receive communion, then you tell them no. But just to go up and start telling people, no, you can't receive communion. No, you can't do that. No, you can't. (laughs) It's just kind of like they think we're all crazy, and the pastor i'm the craziest of anybody but at least i go and tell people but i've never again i've never told anybody i've always tell people every week who can and who cannot go communion but i've never refused communion so again you got to do with what jesus tells you so if you're in a relationship with jesus christ you go to jesus and then shut up and say what do you want from me lord then shut up and then listen to what he says to you do whatever jesus tells you not me okay So, don't put it on me. Do whatever Jesus tells you. I just told you what I do. And again, you can ask every week. I'm still going to say the same thing. Okay? So, I hope that answers your question or your statement, I guess it should be. Let's go back here to another thing here. Hi, Father Larry. Our friends are expecting their first child. Both were raised Catholic, but they have been detached from the church and do not have any interest in returning. However, they are open to having their child baptized primarily because the grandparents are wanting it. They want their child exposed to God but wouldn't encourage their child to be Catholic but they don't have any plans to shepherd them in the Catholic faith. What's your take on this? Would the church not allow the child to be baptized since the parents are not in agreement to raise the child as Catholic? Uh, Officially, you have to have hope that um, the child will be raised in the faith. Okay, okay. But at the same time, I've seen uh, people baptized. Like again, my, my father wasn't Catholic. My mother uh, was a Catholic and he still had me baptized. And um, they still raised me. We never went to church, uh, never. Christmas, Easter, never. And yet here I am. So grace can do a lot of stuff. The problem is that a sacrament is not magic. It needs faith to work, and if the parents don't have faith, that's why it's so important you have Godparents that have faith. If nobody has faith there, that isn't a magical reality, so that's why there's got to be some hope again, I've never refused anyone a baptism, never, 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 never. Um, and I know many priests that have, and they're righteous and this, and they're so like, I only fuck, do what you want.' You know, but I have never done it because somehow God is bigger than Father Larry Richards. If everybody figured that out yet, God is bigger than any church, any bishop, or any pope. God is bigger. He uses and works through bishops, priests, popes, but he sure isn't limited to them. And that gives me a lot of hope. (laughs) A lot of the God's grace is everywhere and can reach out to all kinds of people. So, um, again, that's just my take on that. Okay. I love Chris, too, that uh, Jesus has done everything we have and experienced everything we have. Father, did you forgive to offer up this hour to the Lord by beginning with a prayer? Well, thank you, Charlie, for putting that out, but I didn't do it here with everybody, but I did pray to the Holy Spirit before we ever got turned on. So, uh, but (laughs) I hope that wasn't trying to corner me or judge me, uh, Charlie, uh, because that was not the intention. You have to live your whole life in prayer. Uh, and to begin all things but i promise you i did say a prayer to the holy spirit right before i went on here and asked the lord to use me but we didn't say a prayer together because again i've had a lot of uh, stuff on my mind and in my heart and trying to get everything together so uh, yes you are right but this prayer this hour was still god's whether i offered a prayer in the beginning or not but thanks for pointing that out charlie Okay, we Lion. Hello, Father Larry, blessings. How is Joe? Wonderful to have a pet given so much love. You got that right. When people look at someone, they should see the face of Jesus if that person is walking with him. They should. And sometimes that person, Jesus is uh, tied up inside of him, but Jesus is still in him or her. He just is. Luis, what are the steps before a person can become a saint? The steps very simple are this. Do God's will. Period. I don't know what else you want. To be a saint is when God's will and our will become one. So what is God's will? That we love him above all things. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength and you shall love one another as Jesus has loved us his commandment john chapter 13 verse 34 john chapter 13 verse 35 says this is how all people know you're my disciples because you love one another and i was just thinking that because um the other day when before i flew home i saw that uh, Reverend, uh archbishop weekland had died and um he was not a very good bishop objectively uh, from one. Of some of the things he did. He wasn't living celibacy and different things. But he's been retired, I'm sure. He could have repented, there's all kinds of stuff. But the, the things that were, pre- when someone said God rest his soul, so many people were like, he's rotting in hell, he was an evil, evil man. And I would, I was just like, How do you know that? Well, we can see by the fruit, the fruit of 20 years ago. How do you know, you know, the first saint we know was uh, the good thief. He converted on his deathbed on the cross and Christ gave him eternal life. He got eternal life before the Blessed Mother did because she hadn't died yet, the good thief. So those are the type things that when people are that hate-filled in Jesus' name, I don't want any part of that, none. I would reject, if that's what the church becomes, I would reject that because that is not the God of love who left heaven, who paid for our sins and died on the cross. That's why I always follow the teaching of the church, the Holy Father, Pope Francis. I don't listen to these people who say hate-filled things in Jesus' name. You know, once you do that, you're no longer a follower of Jesus unless you repent and go back. That's worse than murder. That's worse than when you do anything. When you're doing that and filled with hate, God does not exist in that hate. And then you're calling the judgment of almighty God that you just prayed against that bishop on yourself. When you say, may they rot in hell, You're saying to almighty God, may I rot in hell because the measure with which you measure will be measured back to you. And if that just gets you mad, good, it should. And it should bring you to repentance because God is calling us all to a deeper repentance. Please, you cannot be filled with hate and say you're a follower of God who is love. You cannot be filled with hate when the way Jesus dealt with sin is he died for it. He didn't condemn everybody and say, you will go to eternal damnation. The ones he said are going to go to eternal damnation when he was talking to them was the Pharisees, and they thought they were very holy, huh? They wanted to kill people in God's name. The woman caught in adultery, um, they loved hating people, Zacchaeus, you know, Your master eats and drinks with sinners. Those are the type of people that Jesus went against. So when I just see that, and I have been one of those people, please, please, I am not making judgment. I have been one of those people. And I just know that the Lord has convicted me so many times and told me, Larry, that's enough. Who the heck are you? And that's when I go, I know. You do know people that I deserve damnation more than any of you. That's not a false humility. That is a doing things my own way. This morning I was late for a daily mass, why? Because my puppy, Joe, is a very stubborn thing. That's what I found out. If he's if anything, he is stubborn, you know? And so I tried to get him to go into the dog room, which I have for all my dogs, it's uh, next to the kitchen. He refused to go, and he start running. And I'm running around, at seven o'clock, I'm supposed to be outside uh, with the dog, I mean, with the people that say mass, and I'm running to grab this dog. I finally grabbed him and put him out in the thing. And I says, like today in the homily, I says, to be a saint means we do things God's way. My dog wanted to do things his way today. And I can relate with that, right? So often we want to become saints our way instead of God's way. And that can never exist you cannot be a saint doing it your way so that's why it's important we read scripture it's important we listen to scripture it's important we don't imitate just a saint oh please they all imitated jesus your job and my job is to imitate jesus christ so only do what jesus said did and then they say okay well that's where jesus pulled out a whip and he start whipping some of the people in the temple yeah but he didn't go after the sinners did he He went to the people, the Pharisees and the people who were selling the stuff so they could offer sacrifice. He was going against religion. So if that's the type of anger you want, okay. But it's not the type of anger that goes against the sinners. We call sinners to repentance. We deny ourselves so they'll come to God. We go to the cross for them. The way Jesus did. I I, I know that some people just watch me because I make them mad. You know? so, but again, no, I'm just telling you the best I can in my life and uh, praying every day. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm not infallible in any way, shape or form, but I'm just telling you. Okay, so that's what it is. Do God's will. Sunshine, when I leave confession, I don't feel a sense of peace even though I am absolved. I always feel like I'm in mortal sin. Any suggestions on how to find a sense of peace? Yes, yeah, sometimes, well, again, it means nothing how you feel because Jesus Christ is the one who pays for your penalty, your sins. So you need to come when you leave confession and really thank Jesus for dying for your sins, that he paid the price. You still think you have to pay the price. And it isn't a matter of feeling. First thing is so you thank Jesus for forgiving you every time and for dying for all your sins, the sins you and I deserve eternal damnation for. Jesus took them and he placed them on the cross and he paid the penalty for your sins. Not you, never you. If you think that you're gonna pay the penalty, that's called plagianism, it's a heresy. Jesus Christ, we're saved by grace, by grace, by grace. So you thank him for dying for you. But the second thing is it might be you haven't truly repented of the core sin in your life, doing it your way. So you gotta make sure you're surrendering Again, Galatians two nineteen and 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. The life I live now is no longer my own. Jesus Christ lives inside of me. Huh? So, for the Christian life, it's not about us doing things for Jesus, but allowing Jesus Christ to do things in and through us. I no longer live. Jesus Christ lives lives inside of me. That's who a Christian is. So, as I say a million times, sunshine, get over yourself. Focus on Jesus, not on you, not on your feelings. You thank him for paying the penalty for your sins and you surrender yourself and let him live his life through you and then you'll get some peace, okay? We'll be praying for you. So that's the, and, and again, there's nothing that I say the Lord hasn't hit me first many times, okay? Jessica, do you think Catholics and Protestants will ever come together on this side of heaven? As always, thanks for your wisdom. I don't know how much wisdom. We're getting together in more and more ways when we uh, stop judging each other, but like again, in and uh, usually, the first Protestants, all be, it was all political. It wasn't religious. It was political stuff. Again, people wanting to do it their way, my religion, my way. Again, the same thing. I'm, I'm not even uh, how it's going to be for Catholics and Protestants to get together. I just want Catholics to get together, um, to be one. And there's, uh, it seems like less and less of us uh, even agree with each other or even love each other, even care about each other, even would rather go to hell than lose anybody to damnation. So the question I always say more, can we even be one as Catholics? But I, uh, And if we ever were to become like Catholics and Protestants would be reconciled, you'd have a whole crew that says, see, we're under our one world religion, for sure it's satanic. So it's just, no matter what. But we all are in one in Christ Jesus. there is a spiritual unity there that cannot be broken, but we won't see it till the other side. Okay, Bruce, how are the car tickets coming? I've been putting them to the website by text and email. They haven't been going well. We'll be sending out a um, on a Tuesday I'm going to send out a thing to all of our people on the that are are part of our um mailing list and so again for those of you who aren't I encourage you to come to uh just go to our website and sign up and you'll get stuff from me and you'll get uh a lot of stuff about who our new director is and everything will be coming out on tuesday and inviting you to octoberfest octoberfest is the first weekend of uh the last day of september and the first weekend of october and so we're getting there fast um we have a car raffle for fifty thousand dollars cash or BMW. Uh, so again, you can do that to hundred dollar tickets. But as of right now, last year I think we sold twelve hundred tickets, and that's a great thing. Hundred dollars and there's only twelve hundred tickets in there. We're only going to sell three thousand. Of now, I think, I think we only have sold about uh, two hundred tickets. So your odds are very good. So you can just go to stjoesbol.org, Saint Joseph church or St stjoesbol.org it'll take you to my parish website and right in the top you click it and you can buy the stuff and it'll give you all kinds of information so they're not going well and that's a good thing for other people we have to sell at least uh so many so we can at least uh pay for the car and that so we still have a long way to go so please help us out help the parish out it's been um thanks for asking bruce okay let's go back here to Marion, I listen to Father Larry's Anchor and Hope weekly podcast. I remember him in prayer and ask Jesus to send him many helpers and benefactors. Thank you very much. I've heard Father Larry mention several times that he wants a different podcast format, that he's bored talking by and to himself and that he thinks a shorter podcast would be better. This is just my two cents. Thank you for two cents. And I'll listen to him e- even if it's shorter. But I love listening to the podcast while I'm doing my daily work, uh, morning walk, I know I don't listen while he's live, but there's a wonderful hour for me. I won't bore you with any more. Um, and again, you'll still be able to do that even with the new podcast. It'll they'll all be hour long, but we'll break it up in the fifteen minute minute segments. So if you just want to listen to fifteen minutes, you want to listen to an hour, you're going to be able to do that. So that's helpful. Thank you for the feedback. I love feedback when it comes like stuff like that, Harry. Will all Catholics come together, let us pray that all Christians understand that they are brothers in Christ and celebrate what they have common. Please, God, if only, please. Thank you, Susan, for your prayers. Yeah, me too. Gosh, this year has been crazy. Sorry I'm talking to myself, uh, but we'll go on here. One thing I wonder, the Bible mentions being willing to give up your salvation for others, as you mentioned. Obviously, God will never damn someone doing that. So, are you really being selfless in that in that case? Um, I think that God always, even like when Jesus died on the cross, uh, he knew that his Father would bring him back to life, but he still did it for our salvation and he had to, fulfill the justice of God. So we don't fulfill the the justice of God. Jesus has already done that. But what we do do is we fill up which is lacking in the sufferings of Christ, as St. Paul says. We unite it. There's nothing lacking in the sufferings of Christ. He didn't mean it that way, but when we join our suffering with his for another, it's fantastic how we bring healing to the body and how we can help be instruments of salvation to others. So the whole point of Christianity is to be living for others. Um, the best we can, huh? Again, my personality is not a kind, gentle, tiptoeing through the tulips personality. I know that, and there's a lot of reasons for that, and um, all I can be is following God the way I follow God and seeking his will as best I can. And so when we all do that together and understanding and try to understand where other people are at, uh, that's giving up our life for them in some ways, but it's always saying, okay, uh, I'm going to put you first. And sometimes it's not done easily. (laughs) Like if I get a call in the middle of the night, I'm like, hello, sure, I'll be right over. I'm like, it's just part of humanity. You know, I wish I would just be always nice. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. But it's not in me right now. Okay. Yes, how many people have signed up for the Holy Land pilgrimage? The last count I got was 53 was my last uh, count. So again, um, if you want to come to the Holy Land with me, again, we have a fine time. It's May 10th of next year. Okay, how was the food in London? It was okay. It was very basic food, but I had this hunter chicken, which was one of the best meals I ever had. It was so, 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 so good. Hunter chicken, it was... uh, in one of the things, so I really like it. Okay. doo doo do. I've got my flight for Oktoberfest. Good job, we're gonna have a fine time. We have a couple minutes here, so there's no more comments, but I can fill up everything on this. Good evening, Father. I have a question for tomorrow's podcast. What do you, we say to our Protestant friends who say that the Catholic Church is oppressive towards women? I know I can point to the devotion we have, the Blessed Mary, as well as how many there are faithful women who are in leadership positions in the church. What are your thoughts, Andrew? Again, the Blessed Mother is above all of us by far, of course. And I think that we have to do more. And again, when it comes right down to it, the women run the church, you know, the the, the bishops and priests think they run the church but if we have no women the church dies tomorrow it's just that simple you know they're the ones that are hardest workers are um everything um but again no it isn't what when this becomes a problem is when we're looking about who has power not who is doing God's will. God created us all differently, so he gave us different things. And the Holy Father, he's been doing some great things with women, bringing them more and more into the reality of even picking the bishops now, which is fantastic, uh, because it's the it's the church of Jesus Christ, the church of all of us. huh? And uh, so that's a, a fantastic thing that we gotta be doing. But again, I think that there have been times, like there's a... Uh, And we won't get into that now. But, yes, I I think we have been guilty of oppressing women and uh, not raising them up the way they should be. And now we have to find a balance because we don't want it either way because I think that so often it's flipped now the other way that, uh, you know, we're fighting for power, and it should be we're fighting to serve. And if we're fighting to serve, we don't have an issue. If we're fighting for power, we have lots of issues in more ways than one. But thank you for that question, Andrew. Okay. No, I didn't get shepherd's pie. I don't like shepherd's pie. But I did get a lot of mashed potatoes. I did not did not stay on my diet in any way when I was there. Last question. I will discuss speaking options with our men's group. Okay, whatever this is about. The prayer group has taken up to Redden and discussed Father Richard's. Father Larry, I hate Father Richard. That's for old people. Uh, did... Do not enjoy the book. The group will discuss chapters 7 and 8 this week, but I have read it to its completion. Do not enjoy the book. The book places Father in a poor light, but as I said, seeing him on film, films in some of the blanks that are not seen or explained in the book. I have a special understanding as I am a type A personality like him. Have not seen the chapter film where he discusses marriage. That one is missing. I'm particularly puzzled about the chapter as he misquotes Paul to the letter of the Ephesians. He forgets the most important first line, be subordinate, subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. He starts at the second verse, which can be controversial let alone, why should be subordinate to their husbands? When you read that the husband must do, he must give all to his wife as to the Lord. I understand the interplay. A husband gives all to his wife as he does to the Lord, but why would father forget the first bo- both first verse? which says both must be submissive to another. Um, yeah, I do that, Dick. I talk about it in other places. Um, sorry you didn't like the book. Um, I don't like it either. I'd write it differently today, 10 years later. But again, the whole point is we all must be submissive and be servants of Jesus Christ to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that begins, of course, in marriage. That, uh, Like again, I talk about that when you're lighting the unity candle, you're saying to the other person, i give up my life for you and the other one says i give my life for you and then god allows two people to die and he resurrects them into one flesh and so that's what marriage is about it's a constant giving away of our life so i uh again take anything i say out of context in the book or different things again i'd write the book differently today uh, And if I ever get the rights back to the book, I will write it again and update it. Um, But right now, Ignatius Press has those rights. But again, when my new book comes out on the Lord's Prayer, we talk about that more, about we're all called to be submissive servants. We're all called to be slaves. Um, So that's all. And someone who uses Christianity to make themselves not a slave is quoting scripture out of context like the devil does when he quoted scripture to Jesus himself, who is the word of God. So we just gotta watch. So again, I didn't purposely leave out that first verse because I thought, again, I haven't spent so long since I wrote the book, it's 11 years old, so I really don't know this completely. Um, I thought that the whole point of that thing was we're all called to be submissive to each other, period. You're called to put your wife in front of you. Like when I marry people, I say, for the rest of your life, I look at the guy and says, you are called to serve your um, wife every day. And of course, I'd encourage you, if you, uh, Dick, to go to our website or download the app, Our Hope TV. And I have all kinds of talks on marriage there, an hour-long talk, and I talk about this uh, more It's right on there. It's free, 100% free, everything on there. So if any of you haven't downloaded the app or Hope TV yet, please do it. Everything's on there. Everything I've ever talked about for the last uh, 25 years, you'll find something on there. So, uh, and you'll find some things that I've said that were completely wrong. Sometimes things I said that were right. Uh, But again, if, if you go looking there for places to find wrong, you're going to find plenty of things, plenty. Again, and I don't have an unpublished thought, and that's a bad reality. Huh? So <laughs> again, all of you, please pray for me. Huh? I'm going to bury my sister on Saturday. It's been very hard for me. And so I just... Uh, like, I'm, like again, I didn't invite people to come to the funeral or anything. I wasn't even going to put it out, but I was so shocked because I feel like Job, uh, and I, you know, like, again, like, oh, here's Father Larry coming out with another bad, uh, another downer. And so um, I just do it because it says in the Word of God that when one suffers, all suffers. When one rejoices, all rejoice. So it, when you share your suffering, it becomes less, of course. And so thank you for sharing it with me. Um, just pray that I stay faithful and that I stay strong for my family and I stay strong at the funeral and at uh, the, the funeral viewing tomorrow. And again, i um, sorry that I don't always get it right, but I try my best and... Uh, if you and his, uh, people there don't agree with me, just pray for me, huh? Pray that the Lord shows me the right path, because again, any, more than anything else, I want to do His will. Other people think they know their His will and they want to tell me to do that, but I listen to him every day. So it won't work if you tell me. It'll work if he tells me. So you say, Lord, show him the truth, and I promise you, I'm open to the truth. Okay. Know that I'm praying for you, that I love you, and please pray for me. God willing, we'll see you next Thursday. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you, he who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.